Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 411 from 406. My name is Chewy. I'm joined once again by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm good. I'm doing really good. Glad to be back. Feels like it's been way too long since we've done this, even though it's only been, yeah. what, a couple weeks at this point? Allegedly. I don't know. I, I think... guess they didn't even remember the last one as we were talking <laughs> leading up to this. I mean, you might as well just tell them how big of a fucking idiot I am. So no, you're not. No, you, no. But here, here's the thing. I understand why it happened. So, so the last episode that we recorded, we didn't do a deep dive, but we talked all about Scream Six. And when we were kind of getting ready for tonight's show, Pip, you know, we kind of shared some texts back and forth. And Pip sent me a text. He said, "Hey, we we could talk about Scream. You know, it's been a while, but we could still talk about it." And I was just like, "Didn't didn't we talk about Scream?" And he's like, "No, I don't think so." <laughs> and, uh... I, and I'm. And well, I'll tell you what, though, you had me convinced that I was misremembering. And so then I I went back through my notes. I'm like, God, I, I had a conversation with somebody about Scream 6 because I've got notes. I've got all sorts of stuff. We think we got to the bottom of it, right? It appears that you have a file on your computer. Meanwhile, from that I have two files staring at me right now on my desktop indicating that I did or that we did, in fact, talk about Scream for about an hour and 24 minutes right before <laughs> I left for spring break. Now, in my defense... I'm an idiot, first of all. Second of all, I drank literally every day on spring break, so it's a miracle that I even remembered we had a podcast, let alone remembering what the hell we talked about. So I'm going to plead yeah. a, a temporary insanity, and and I am my father's son, I think, is what I'm going with. That is totally fine. I get it. Yeah, it was it was either the night before or maybe two nights before you left, and I know you had a long drive down and a long week and and you've been through a lot since then so no, no worries whenever whenever we can release that that'll be great I, at this point i'll be really looking forward to it because i don't remember what we <laughs> talked about so clearly so. i didn't even remember we even <laughs> talked so yeah right. it's going to be a surprise to both of us i'm going to be in the uh, production process and think man this is a great episode who did this so so just just at a at a very very high level i, I again I, I we talked for a minute what an hour and 24 minutes so i don't think we need to really go into it but like just yeah. at a very high level what what do you think did you enjoy scream six yeah i mean just yes yeah. like revisiting it on a high level like you said I, I did. I really did enjoy it. I would say that, I mean, it's kind of disappeared from my radar at this point. So yeah. I can't say that I'm at a point where I'm really excited to watch it again. But when it becomes immediately available, yeah, absolutely. I'll check yeah. it out again because I'll be really interested to see whether or not I still feel the same way. Because some movies you watch the first time and maybe you don't quite get all of it. And then you watch them again and it becomes a lot better. Other yeah. times you find that maybe you were caught up in the moment and upon a second watching, it's like, ah, maybe it's not really as good as I thought, but I think this one will hold up. I, I don't really have a lot of concerns about that, but I still haven't really heard any 
news about the next movie. I saw some clickbaity kind of stuff posted about Matthew Lillard, but I didn't know if that was real or not. Did you did you see that? I think I, was it posted did. on Spirit Tissue? Actually? I probably yeah, you yeah, I, I that was probably me that shared it. Yeah, and it and it, and it was. It was a clickbaity thing. Um it was a headline that he was quote unquote confirmed for Scream 7. Well, Scream 7 I don't think is technically confirmed other than the guys that did Scream 6 said that they would be willing to do Scream 7, but that's very different than than a confirmation. I would be shocked if we didn't have a 7 just based on how well 6 was received. Here's an interesting thing about, I'll call it the second Scream trilogy. So four, five, and six. I really enjoyed all three of those movies, but you touched on something that I think is really interesting. They don't have the, they kind of disappear, at least from my, from my thoughts pretty, pretty quick. Like they're good when I, when I sit down and watch them. But like I, th- there's nothing that's kind of drawing me to them. If that makes it, you know, like the yeah. first couple, I would go back and I would rewatch, and I really remembered them, and I really th- gave them a lot of thought. Like I only, I've only seen Scream Five, I think twice. I've seen Sc- Scream Four at this time a bunch of times, and I've only seen Scream Six once. Um, and to your point, I'm, not, I'm just not going to go back and pay to see it in the theater again. I will when it comes out, I'll watch it again. But yeah, I don't know. I, th- yeah. That's just interesting about the second, the second trilogy, I guess. It doesn't have as much of a lasting impact, but I think individually they were decent movies. Like they were fine. It's just, I'm not, it's, it's not a saga that I'm invested in anymore. It's something that when it comes out, I'll watch it, but you know, that's about it. So I gave you, so let's switch gears a little bit. So we talk about movies a lot. We certainly talk about wrestling a lot and I know we'll get to that at some point, but I gave you a little bit of homework for tonight that I wanted to talk about because There was a new song by the band Extreme that got put out, and I sent you the video, and I said, your homework for this podcast is to watch this video and and to give me your feedback on this. And before you kind of jump into that, I I just want to sort of set the, how do I say this? I want to set the mood for why I'm asking this in general and why I sent this to you, because being a tremendously huge, passionate music fan that I am, The one thing that interests me the most or the one thing that I get the most excited about is when an old band puts out new material that's actually good. And I think there's a there's a laundry history of good bands who have been around a long time that put out new material. It's just not any good or we can't get interested. We can't get invested in it. So when I heard this new song by Extreme, it's called Rise. It's off their forthcoming album called Six. I was like, okay, you know, I really hope this is this is going to be worth my time because it's just like the odds are not in Extreme's favor. And I listened to the song and I was blown away. I thought it was really fucking good. I love the I love the riffs. I love Gary's vocals. We've talked about Gary Sharon, the lead singer of Extreme, the former lead singer of Van Halen, and the guy who I you know would never accept the crown of heir apparent to Sir Edward Van Halen. But if there is one in my mind, it's Nuno Betancourt. I just think he's the most incredible, technically capable rock and roll guitar player that's still out there. And he doesn't like extreme doesn't do a lot as a band these days. They, they are getting ready to put out this album. It's only their sixth album, which is crazy for as long as they've been out. But Nuno does a lot of guitar work for, he plays with Rihanna. He was at the Super Bowl on the stage with her. 
He has done a lot of music with her. He has toured with her many, many years. So he's staying busy. He's doing all kinds of things, but hasn't been in the limelight and sort of the late 80s, early 90s rock fame that he was known for. But all that being said, you know, I love the song. I was really jazzed to hear a song by a group that I liked that I thought was really, really good. But I wanted to hear your thoughts on it as well. Yeah, so so I'll preface this by saying I only watched it once. I literally watched it one time. And I am and my exposure to extreme, I will admit, is pretty limited. Obviously, I'm I'm familiar with like their big ballads, right? Their which is what late 80s, early 90s? Like I think I think late 80s, but maybe yeah, early 90s. Right. Anyways, and then obviously when it comes to Van Halen, right? And, you know, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you maybe one extreme album that I own. So again, I, I wouldn't consider myself a big, like super fan or even a, even a fan. That's, you know, again, I like their music, but I'm not like up on extreme. That being said, dude, it's an amazing, it was outstanding. I loved it. I loved nice. it. Nice. I'm so it, glad it, you yeah, said that. I did. It, it was, and, and I don't know, it like it had it had a, an edge and a hardness to it that I haven't heard in a long, long time. And again, I'll preface that by saying, and I think we even talked about it on a previous version of the podcast, previous episode, I, I don't find new music ever yeah. if off, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I may, maybe that sound is out there and I'm just not hearing it because I'm not seeking out new music. Right. Um. But, but that, that song. And again, I only heard, I only listened to it the one time it felt familiar if that makes any sense. And that, yeah. and that was a, and for me, a, a guy in his mid forties, who's kind of stuck in a time capsule um, when it comes to music, that was a very good thing. Yeah. Maybe I'm way overanalyzing it, but I, it was no, a very, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's great. And I kind of see it the same way. And I just, again, I just get really excited when a band comes out and puts all that effort into it and it ends up being something I like and something that's worth listening to. Like Van Halen's last album, I thought was a good example of that too. It wasn't my favorite Van Halen album, but it was one that I I could say that I liked. You know, I listened to, I liked it. It was worth the time, in my opinion, that they took to put it together. Uh, Extreme did come out and uh, their first album, their eponymous album came out in 1989. Uh, the Pornography, which is probably the one that they're most known for, and if I had to guess, probably the one that you have, came out in 1990. That's the one that has more than words, which everybody knows, which is just mm-hmm. such a misrepresentation of what they actually right. are. Right, yeah. Because it's got these other really great songs like uh, He-Man, Woman Hater, which is great, and some people probably know Get the Funk Out, and some really incredible guitar work. And, and Nuno is just amazing. And this new song called Rise is no exception. It is one of the greatest guitar solos I've heard in the last decade. I mean, it's just really, really good. Thank you. 
part of me wants to say that it's a love letter to Eddie Van Halen because he was obviously a huge fan of Eddie and he has a playing style that is very complementary to what Eddie Van Halen did. It's different, but it's very, very similar. And to me, I just, I hear a lot of that. I hear him saying, you know, goodbye and I love you to Eddie Van Halen when I listen to this solo. And I just think that it's, I, I think it's really great. And I hope the rest of the album is that good. I would even consider buying the album if that were the case. But, you know, Extreme is also a band that does very different types of music, even within the same album. So some mm -hmm. of it you may listen to and think, wow, this is really great. And others you might think, oh, geez, like this is really weird. Like they they have this album called Three Sides to Every Story, which was their third album that came out in 1992. And they've got a song called Rest in Peace, which is just phenomenal. I think it's one that you would really like if you haven't heard it. But then the album kind of dovetails off into other areas. So it's kind of all over the place. But ultimately, I was just, I was really excited. I was happy for that. Yeah. So I genuinely don't remember if we talked about this, this on the the uh, the Lost Scream podcast. And obviously, you're not going to remember <laughs> if we talked about it either. That's um, fair. So on the previous podcast before that one, we had a conversation about new music day or new vinyl day. You, you were very excited. I'm sorry. Record store day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to follow up on that because so, so did, did that day happen? You were, you were all jazzed about a Van Halen album that was coming out and we had a yeah, conversation so about remastered versus re remixed. Uh, yeah. Remixed. Right. Do, yes. Do, so did that happen? Did that day happen? Not yet. It's actually okay. next weekend. It's uh, oh. so I'm I'm going to go next Saturday morning and, and stand in probably what's going to be a very long line in hopes that they even have that album in the store, which I don't know. They're only so Van Halen, as we kind of talked about, is re-releasing their entire Sammy Hagar catalog uh, remastered at, at, at minimum remastered. I don't know if any of it's going to be remixed. They haven't announced anything else other than this first release, which is coincidentally going to be the live right here, right now album, because it falls, I think, on the anniversary of when that was released. I think that came out in 93, if I'm not mistaken. That would be uh, it was, when we were in high school. So, yes, that would be it, that sounds it was correct. a live album of the recording of the tour that I believe they did 91, 92. And the album itself came out in 93. This is 2023. So it's the 30. Jesus Christ, it's the 30 year anniversary mm -hmm. of that album. And so that's the first one that they're releasing and they're releasing it in a special red color variant. So like the actual record itself is going to be red instead of black. And they are producing approximately 7,000 copies of it, which is a pretty good sized amount for a record store day release. Most bands that are doing something, they do, it depends on how big the band is and what they think the demand is going to be. Uh, it could be 2,000, it could be 3,000, and that's like nationwide. Like that's that's not a lot when you consider nationwide, but when you also consider how many record stores there are, it's a fair fair number. But like Taylor yeah. Swift is putting out like 170,000 or something obnoxious of, of a release that she's doing. So now that's coming wow. next weekend, and I am looking forward to that. It's uh it's gonna be long overdue to to fill out my record collection with some some Sammy era Van Halen, at least some good sounding versions of that. Okay, so that that's that's this that's like this Saturday, or not not like two days from now, but 
the Saturday that I'm actually going to be in Indianapolis. Saturday Saturday? you're going to be in Indianapolis. (laughs) I'm going to be standing in line to buy a record. So yes, but I mean, I'm still going to try to see you, of course. But yeah, yeah. that is uh, that's one of those things that once it's gone, it's gone and it never comes back. So no, I don't blame you. I'm working on trying to get a copy. Okay, so but but the reason I wanted to follow up on that conversation. So during that podcast, we talked, and I and here I'll pull, I'll pull up the the episode number. So if anybody wants to go back and listen to it, um, they they can. Let me let me pull it up real quick. I believe it was episode seventy eight, where we talked about um, the Last of Us. We talked about Scream Six. Ironically enough, we talked about the Mandalorian, and we talked about Record Store Day. Uh, and we 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 had a brief conversation about I was asking you some questions about like how you listen to music these days and do you sit down and do you actually like take in music and, and those kind of things. So I won't rehash that here, but I, I sent you a text uh, on uh, the, I think the Friday, maybe the, the the week after that. And I and I said, so I have to tell you, after our last pod, I sat down this a.m. admittedly in the car and I really listened to Thick as a Brick. If you're not familiar with Thick as a Brick, it is a 43-minute, technically one-song album by Jethro Tull. And I got really into that album when I took a history of rock and roll class at IU. And it's just kind of one that just kind of struck me at that that certain time of life. And it really means a lot to me, whatever. And so I said, I I I know it makes me sound like a sappy bitch. But it legit brought me to tears. Music has an amazing way of transporting you, huh? And so again, I just I we we talked about that on the podcast, and so I wanted to kind of follow up um, and thank you for making me re-engage a little bit with music in a way that I hadn't done in several years. Again, it was kind of a cheat because I went back to an album that I know and love, and and but it but again, I mean, it really did. Um, there, there's a couple choruses in that in that song that it did it, it brought tears to my eyes that morning because I was legitimately like listening to the music and engaging with it in a way that I haven't done in probably ten or fifteen years. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, that's that's amazing, and I, it really made me smile when I got that text because it's hard to explain to somebody who's not passionate about music how how much good it can do for the soul, and you know I in this day and age when we're all running around and trying to do stuff for our families and our kids and our jobs and all that stuff, you, you sort of let that stuff slide and it goes by the wayside and you just don't get to connect with it as much as you used to. And I was really happy that you got that opportunity. And, you know, I almost, I was this close. I almost bought you that record and I almost sent it to your house and with a note that said your move, you know, go out and get a record player. Here's, (laughs) here's your excuse, you know, go do it because it's it's just it's the greatest and it'll you know I, I think that it's cool that you had the opportunity you made the time I think that's the the part that I'm most impressed is that you made the time to do this because it's not easy especially with that album which is like you know just yeah. under an hour long and yeah. and I'm, I'm curious like your listening experience I have to assume this is probably the first time since college you've probably listened to it all the way through is that fair or no uh that yeah that is probably fair it, it, it's certainly it's certainly the first time since college that I listened to it actively listened to it non-passable yeah. right it might have been on in the background or cutting grass or something yeah but it was it was certainly the first time yes that I sat down and actively listened to it 
So, uh, so tell me, uh, tell me about that experience. Like, what was it like? Was it what you remembered specifically? Do you feel like you got anything new from it this time around? Or, you know, what, when you, when you hit the stop button and when that thing was over, like, where, where did you go from there? Where was your brain? Yeah. So, so that, that song, and it's funny, if you, if you pull it up on Spotify, they've actually got it broken up into several songs. And I think that's probably just because it's much easier to digest that way, right? Versus one 43 minute, you know, just play through. But, but they, but if you listen to it, like on Spotify or Apple music or whatever, it like, there is no breaks in it. So it'll literally go from one to the next. And it just, it yeah. just kind of keeps going. And so I, I really became, uh, I really was engaged in the, in the story as much as you can be. It, it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit trippy, but I, I was engaged in that. And, and what, what music does for me especially if there's a, a song or an album that I really, really connect with, it brings me right back to that time in my life that was so special. You know, like it, it's almost like that, that moment in time is inexorably connected to that song. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there, there are, and I think we've even talked about this on the podcast, God, years ago at this point, but there, there are several, there's, I don't know, for me, there's probably a half dozen songs where like, if when I hear that song, it's immediately that point, that day, that moment in my life that it takes me back to every single time I hear it. And this time there, there was, there was some of that for sure. I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. There, there was a little bit of, there was a little bit of sadness and it wasn't, it wasn't because it was a sad time in my life that it was taking me back to, but I think it was a little bit of, it was a little bit of regret or a little bit of, you know, call it midlife crisis, call it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you think back to a time, especially with that song, I think back to a time when I was in my early twenties and so it was pre kids and it was pre marriage and it was pre jobs and it was pre responsibility. And it was like, when you're in college, you're looking forward at kind of what your future is. And then now in your mid forties, you are not that all your decisions are made and not that all your story is told, but it's just a very different, right. It's just a very different outlook on life. And so sad is, is probably the the wrong word, but it was just, there was, there was two or three very specific sections of that song that as I was singing the lyrics, like legit brought tears to my, you know, I get like, they, they choked me up. I mean, and again, I can't, I can't quite pinpoint, why that was and i don't even think it was specific to the lyrics necessarily but it was yeah it was it's 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 tough to it's tough to articulate for sure yeah i i mean i think i know a little bit where you're going and i feel like i have quoted this in the past so clearly i'm not one uh with a credible memory but i wanted to to read you this quote there's uh and this is from another band that i listened to uh, there's this Japanese term called mo- mono no aware, and I'm not pronouncing that very well. It means basically the sad beauty of seeing time pass, the aching awareness of impermanence. These are the days that we will return to one day in the future, only in memories. And and that to me, every time I read it, it's so powerful, and it gives me, you know, the goosebumps and all that stuff. But I it basically the the idea that that we can all become 
lucid to the point where we realize everything is temporary everything will pass and 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 the beauty that there is a beauty of it it's a sad beauty but it's something to behold i think and i don't know if 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 i'm just really stretching by trying to to put something of a explanation on what you're trying to say but i mean i think it's if it were me what i and i was having the same experience it would be because i remember how that made me feel back then and that's not a thing anymore like it doesn't exist now the way that it did and i love it for that but i'm also sad for that as well if that makes any sense at all no it it, it makes it makes total sense and i think there's um whether it be conscious and and probably more subconscious i think there's a lot of validity to that it is um, cause again, don't get me wrong. I, I love my, my life. I love kind of the choices I've made and, you know, yeah. like kind of every, the trials and tri tribulations that have gotten me where I am and it wouldn't change anything. Right. But to your point, you, there, there's still this, there's still this realization and it's a, and it's a realer realization as we get older that time and life is finite, right? I mean, it's just, it, it just kind of is inherent <laughs> in, in yeah. what it is. And, and when you're thinking back to a time 20 years earlier or 30 years earlier, you just realize that, oh my God, you know, you've lived those 30 years, right. And you're not going to live them again. Right. So, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and this is especially, I think as a, a, a song is a really great nostalgic key, if you will, back to that time period. And I think mm -hmm. if, because you probably don't listen to Thick as a Brick very often, when you do sit down and when you do listen to it, you're probably overcome with some level of emotion because you haven't done that. You haven't had that specific experience for almost 30 years or 25 years, whatever you want to call it. So I have to think there's some sort of subconscious realization that, oh man, like life is very different. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I wouldn't trade what I have now for anything, but I have very romantic visions of the past. Like I loved my life when I was in college, like it mm -hmm. changed everything for me. My friendship with you, my friendship with all the other guys living at 406, doing all those things like that was such an important part of my maturation as a human being that anything that takes me directly back to that is both wonderful and, and really powerfully sad to some yeah. degree yeah yeah and that's Absolutely. just all those emotions combined and yeah i could see why you might be moved to tears because it's it's everything that you weren't really expecting to feel just kind of come right. in all at once right it, it, it's it's funny so there's there's a, a couple specific lines I, i'll read you one one just kind of reprise in this song and and so it and i'm not even gonna attempt to sing it but um so it's so come on your childhood heroes won't you rise up from the pages of your comic books, your super crooks, and show us all the way. Make your will and testament. Won't you join your local government? We'll have Superman for president. Let Robin save the day. And I, and again, that that I realize that that's gibberish until you know you recognize. At least for me, I did. I joined my local government. Right. I'm not suggesting I'm Superman, but it, I don't know. It was just it was ironic, and and that yeah. was that was one that's of the cool. ones that that really that really kind of got to me. Yeah. So. But Robin, though, like yeah. I feel like Batman is the same syllables. I don't know why they would go with Robin, but okay, that's fair. I who who am right. I to, to judge? J judge the flute playing uh, Jethro Tull, huh? Right. There you go. But <laughs> so let's see. So you uh, you immediately left 
after the the uh, the missing the lost scream episode the alleged and, podcast and the, we did <laughs> right and then you went on spring break how was spring break was it was it awesome was it everything you wanted it to be it was great and we we had a yeah. fun time we went down to Anna Maria Island in Florida which is just south of St Petersburg on the Gulf Coast and spent some time down there and it was great we had our immediate family we had my wife's sisters and their family we had some neighbors that live right behind us we had some friends that that lived down the road from us so we had a good solid showing of of people that were there and it was very much a come and go as you please type situation you know we were two doors down from one of her sisters and we walked down there and spent time swimming in their pool and we were two blocks from the ocean so we walked down there and spent a lot i mean we were at the ocean almost every day weather was beautiful there's this bar within walking distance of where we stayed called the freckled fin which was great it's this dirty old irish bar and i won a music trivia contest one of the nights i was there i became matt from fishers and the guy wrote a song and sang it out you know at the bar and it was kind of goofy but i'm trying to remember the questions he asked uh well one of them is we'll see if you can get this i'm not going to remember all of them i can only remember two of them off the top of my head but the first one that i remember was what and you should you better kind of get this what famous actress did Paul Simon marry in the early 80s? I don't know, 81, 82, maybe. Uh, well, oh, uh, you're right. I should know that. Paul Simon married famous actress. Fuck, I told Yeah, you're right. I totally should know that. Um, it's not Edie Perkel, who is his wife now. I was going to. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck, I should know that. And it, and it ended badly, right? Yeah, um, it did. Well, I'll give you a hint. That. It was probably your first ever Hollywood crush. It was my first Hollywood crush. Probably. Uh, it was it was mine for sure. She looks great in a gold bikini. I was going to say Raquel Welch, but that's not right. Um, Dude, a gold I, bikini. Oh, Carrie Fisher? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. He, no. He married he married Carrie Fisher. And and yes, you're right. It did not end well. Uh so I got that question. And then the other one, uh, whose I think it was not debut, but second album was called 7800 Fahrenheit. This one I would expect you might know as well. 7800 uh it's not Toad the Wet Sprocket, is it? Uh oh no, way before that. Or I'm sorry, it's it's yeah, seventy eight hundred degrees Fahrenheit was the name of Oh, that's Bon Jovi. Yes. That's Bon yes. Jovi. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's their I, that's their is that their first album or their second album? I think that the first is, one was Bon Jovi, wasn't second. it? Yes, that is like their, their second first, album. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh the only song they had on that that I think anybody knows was In and Out of Love. So yeah, uh, yeah. the first okay. the first album would have had Runaway on it. But so I yes. got those two there was another one that I knew, but I didn't answer it loud enough. And and then there was the ah, there was a third one. I wish I could remember. But anyways, it was the layup. It was it was pretty easy stuff. So I was pretty proud. But we had a good time. Yeah, it was awesome. We drove, so that was a lot for sure. We That's a long so way. The, the the trip home, we got up and left the uh, condo that we stayed at at four in the morning, and we got home at eight o'clock at night. So it was Ugh. a long day of travel. The state of Georgia 
sucks. Just kidding. It doesn't suck. I don't know if we have any Georgia listeners, but if we do, driving the length of your state is no fun whatsoever, especially when the weather is bad. It was raining a lot. So yeah, that was that was a bit painful. Uh, it it wasn't it wasn't a bad drive. It was just really long. Yeah, that just was, really fucking long. Wow. That was difficult. Did but, uh, yeah, did did time. the girls did the girls do okay? Do you just put an iPad in front of them or whatever? And that's walk, that's all it takes. Yeah. They just yeah. they have their tablets. They have their cable plugged into the to the car's USB, so it never goes down on battery, and they yeah. are good to go. So they were well behaved. We gave them little treats and snacks along the way, so they were they were fine. I think All the right. the one thing, of course, the one downside to spring break is that I was once again separated uh, from my brother from another mother during WrestleMania season, which is like our heyday. You know, we we, yeah. we created this really great ritual that we spent together for God knows almost twenty years. I think we would. Yeah, be together for WrestleMania, and this is the second straight year. And I hate to say it's probably going to be three straight when all is said and done, just because of where spring break falls. It, it basically covers two weekends at the beginning of April, and that's typically when WrestleMania is held. So there's a there's a more than solid chance that I'm going to miss it again next year. We just we actually just booked next year's trip tonight. So uh, oh, did you really? Yeah, uh, with Anna Marie Island, you gotta get ahead of that stuff. So we yeah. have actually booked spring break for 2024 already. When when uh, when is your spring break for 2024? Uh, I don't know, but I think I looked, and I'm I'm pretty sure we're we're it's, hosed. It's April it's April sixth and seventh next year. Yeah, it's so I just it just yeah. looked. As long as they keep doing that, it's I'm screwed. Yeah. It sucks, yeah. but no, I get it. it. I get it. It is what it is, but. Yeah, so WrestleMania, let's talk about it. Like, I know yes. uh, we talk a lot of wrestling on here, so we don't have to go super deep dive, and I don't have anything in front of me. I don't really remember all the details. All I know is that you won for the second time the coveted John Cena WrestleMania Confidence Pool Trophy, which I did. I'm very, very bummed out about because I thought I had a solid chance to repeat after night one. And it oh, you all did? Went, yeah. And somehow it all went to shit. Like I don't know what happened. I, it just it all kind of went a different direction. But what were your what was your overall take on on Mania this year? And, and and can you remember whether or not you felt better or worse about how you felt after last year's WrestleMania ended? Yes. So um, this. So first of all, I will preface this by saying I am not a big fan of two nights of WrestleMania. That doesn't mean that I don't enjoy watching two nights of WrestleMania, but I would, I, I prefer it to be a single night. I think that when they have two nights of WrestleMania, there's a lot of filler matches that I could just kind of do without. Um, And I would, and I would prefer they just get rid of the filler matches or maybe put them on the pre-show or what have you. And then just give us one, balls to the wall, four hour card. That is just amazing from beginning to end. I understand what they do it two nights. And I think originally they did it two nights in the COVID years and we were virtual and there was nobody in the building this way. Now they can sell two nights of tickets. They can sell two nights of concessions. They can sell two nights of merch. So I get it, but I don't necessarily like it. Agreed. This year, 
I think if you're looking at night one versus night two, I think night one was by far the superior overall night. I think it was a it was a better night. Night two, I think, was kind of disappointing because of one match in particular. And I'll and I'll pull it up here. And again, we don't have to go deep dive into any of this stuff, but I, I think everybody on planet Earth was picking Cody Rhodes to beat Roman Reigns and to kind oh, of yeah. end and it didn't happen. And, and I think that for a lot of wrestling fans, and I'll be honest, myself included that, that kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth. I was kind of bummed that I didn't get that moment, that WrestleMania moment, I guess maybe with some hindsight, I can see why they might've done it. I still think it was the, it was the wrong decision. So, but let's let, let me, uh, let me let me go back. I'll, I'll pull up night one here, and I'll just kind of give you give you an opportunity to, to um, kind of react to these matches just off the top of your head. So Austin Theory and John Cena and began the night. I loved seeing John Cena. I'm a I'm a big John Cena mark. Um, I actually picked John Cena to win, and I lost. Uh, but I but I thought this this match for what it was to open the card to get us going. I thought it was a pretty good pretty good start. I thought it was a decent match. I was never comfortable with John Cena opening WrestleMania. That as soon as I heard okay. that he was opening it, I felt much much better about my pick that he would lose pick, because yeah. there's yeah. there's just no point. It made even less sense to have him open WrestleMania. Like if they'd have stacked it towards, you know, the sixth or the seventh match of the night, I think it would have made sense, or, or it would have been harder for me to to be confident that Austin Theory was going to win, but. Yeah, I mean, it, the match was okay. I, I really, it just made me wish he was still there and still active in the ring, and he's not, and he never will be, and that's fine. He came to do this for Austin Theory, I think, and probably for a, a very healthy paycheck. But ultimately, it it was okay. It was fine. I didn't yeah. hate it. It was, I I would say borderline, maybe it's a filler match. It, it, it comes close. It wasn't quite that, but... I just don't think that him coming back had the impact that maybe they hoped it would to help push Austin over. I hope it does because I think Austin theory is good and I'd like to see him, you know, continue to get pushed. I think if WrestleMania was one night, I think you're right. I think this is a filler match. If, if WrestleMania, it, it's still on the card, but I, but I think I agree. So, so the next matchup is, is a four way WrestleMania showcase with a whole gang of you know, street profits and Braun Strowman. And like it doesn't, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Lasted yeah. eight minutes. Seth Rollins and, and Logan Paul. I, I, dude, I'll be honest with you. I continue to be impressed by Logan Paul in the ring. I mean, yeah, I am never a fan of the celebrity wrestlers like that kind of thing. Always just sort of like even the bad bunny thing, which, yeah, he did fine, whatever. But like it historically, it just doesn't it doesn't resonate much with me. But Logan Paul, for some reason, is different. And I, I yeah. don't know if it's because his in-ring ability is that good or if he's just such a good heel because he really is. I mean, he. He can outheal the Miz as far as I'm concerned, and that's impressive. He does a yeah. really good job with that. I thought that was a great match. I was really excited. I was glad that I called it. I was think they made the right decision to keep Seth Rollins over Logan Paul for that. And yeah, that, that one was, uh, I'd say, a mini highlight of that night. It was probably my third favorite match on the card for that night. Okay. 
let's see. Next up was this it was a um, six a six woman tag team match: Trish, Lita, Becky Lynch, Damage Control. Um, again, to me, this is kind of meh. I didn't really care. I was happy that Trish won, but I, I don't know. I th- this was another I could I could skip it. Yeah, I, I was the same. I mean, this is a way to get all of these all of this talent on the card, I think. And I mean, yeah. this is in four matches we've had two massive tag matches, you know, and it just I don't know. It was kind of whatever. And of course, things have already they they've already lost the tag team title since then. Did you see that? Yeah. First turn heel and that was interesting. I although I kind of called it as I was watching Raw the other night. I I saw it coming the way that they set it up was a little sloppy, but that was funny. I agree. I agree. So let's see, Ray and Dominic Mysterio. I just I don't like the Dominic Mysterio character. You know, they're they're trying to do a father son thing. They're trying to make us care about it. For me, I just it was it was a decent match to watch. I didn't care about the story at all. You know, and and it went like almost fifteen minutes. I was glad Ray won, especially as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I, I was actually kind of a little surprised that Ray won, if I'm being honest, but. I, I yeah I just I didn't really care about this one. Yeah, the story's terrible. It really is. They're they're really dragging it out, and it's not that interesting. But I will say, I think Dominic had a good match. I think him, the combination of him and his dad in the ring, really made him look good. I don't know that yeah. he is good, but it made him look good. And I think from that perspective, I actually enjoyed it. I it wasn't it did I agree it went on too long. It did not need to be a fifteen minute match, but overall it was it was fine. Next up was certainly the match of the night, I think, in terms of a wrestling match. And let me look at the next night. Arguably, for me, this is the best match, wrestling match of the entire WrestleMania night. Yeah, it really was. Rhea, Rhea Ripley beats Charlotte Flair. I mean, damn. I mean, those two gals left it off. I mean... It, it was, I mean, it doesn't hurt that I love Rhea Ripley. I, I also arguably think that Charlotte Flair is probably going to go down as the goat on the female side. I think she's. I think so too. Right? I really do. I think she's going to um, win it back at some point. I don't know if yeah. it's Backlash or SummerSlam or whatever, but yeah. like they're going to give her the most title wins by the time she walks out of the door. Yeah. And it was a uh, well, but fantastic match. It, it was, but I'm not even talking in terms of titles. I just think she's the greatest female wrestler of all time. I agree. Like, yeah. Character, so, gimmick, all yeah. that stuff. She is top notch. That was really good. Next up we get we got Pat McAfee coming back and he beat uh, and he beat the Miz. I feel bad uh, for Miz. I'll be honest I, with you. I I really wanted to like this because I do love Pat McAfee and I do love the Miz to be honest. But this whole thing was just kind of sloppy and talk about filler. Oh my God. Even though it said the the match was three minutes and forty seconds, like the lead up to it was probably a solid ten minutes or something yeah. like that, and I, oh god, I just I I felt bad because I'm like I don't want to watch this, I don't want anything to do with this, and I feel like they're when it comes to bringing somebody back to do yearly spots at WrestleMania, I'd much rather have the Undertaker than Pat McAfee <laughs> because. I just don't care to see Pat as a wrestler. I want to see him on the mic or I want to hear him on the mic, but he doesn't do anything for me in the ring. Like he's fine. He's serviceable. He can jump off the top rope and do a flip and all that kind of stuff. But like it, you can't sell me that he's a credible wrestler that he gets in the ring once a year and can beat 
people like the Miz. Like I feel terrible for the Miz. I agree. Like that's and that's and that's that's for him. That's the thing that bums me out because didn't didn't he lose like one of these matches last year or the year before too? Like he he always seems to be. You know what you know what the Miz is, and and this is going to be. But you'll get this reference. He's a modern day Bobby Heenan. He just kind of gets beat up on. Yeah. Obviously, Bobby wasn't a wrestler. I'm not suggesting that, but like, well, he was, but he, but we know him as being more of the manager that he's sort of buffoonish and talks a big game and then gets his ass kicked all the time. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't think the miss is there yet. I don't think he's to the point where he can't still perform in the ring, but that's how he's being used. And that's so disappointing for me. Yeah. I will say, Miz, in my mind, is a, first ballot shoe-in Hall of Famer. Like, I mean, in my opinion, like he's just... I think so. I yeah. think he could be. Yeah. I think he could still have another title run in him. I think that... I agree with that, too. Possibly do that. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. But I think they got to clean up his gimmick, though. Like, it's too goofy. Like, they need to make him serious again. I, I he's That whole thing has run its course for me. So I want to see him take on something different and, and really give a shot, because I think he could do it. Yeah. And then they closed the closed the evening with, you know, the, certainly the best moment of the night. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, Ke- Kevin Owens. The whole event. Yes, yeah, and, and and it was a good match too. And I don't even like tag team wrestling typically, so the fact that I put Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn beating the Usos, I think what what set this one apart was the story was so well told, not just in the match itself. But leading up to it, it's been yeah. going on for a year in some way, shape, or form. It was a great story and a great way to end the night, I thought. Fantastic match. Unbelievable. I think we all knew what was coming. And we all were really excited about this. And they told the story not just through the, you know, everything that happened up to this point. But in this match, the match itself, the spots that they had told a really great story. And... Yeah, I was so excited when they won. It was great. Like, I kind of knew it was going to happen again, so it didn't really come across as exciting, but it, or it didn't come across as a surprise, but I definitely thought it was the greatest match of the night, for sure. I mean, with yeah. the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte Fleur match being a very close second. Yeah. So, let's see. So, night... Oh, so, let, let me let me pull up if I can find it real quick. So, again, we, we do a confidence pool where we pick... Um, not only are we picking who we think is going to win the matches, but we we put a um, a rank on each of our picks. So th- this night there was 13 matches on WrestleMania. So basically you're not only choosing your match, but you're choosing how many points from one to 13. You actually, and you were big time in the lead, you wagered 60 points on night one. Where uh, and and so you only only had like thirty one points coming back on night two, but again you you picked an almost. Let me take a look here. I missed um, one match. I missed the, you, the guys tag match. That, yeah, and you and you one. only and you only put one point on it. So like literally, you were you were about as close to perfect as you could have been on night one. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Coming out of uh, night one, we start night two with Brock Lesnar and Amos, Omos. I think we all thought this was going to be terrible. It was only four minutes and 55 seconds. It was just as terrible as we thought it would be. Yep. I, again, I, I'm not, I'm not going to bother saying anything about it. Um, yeah. Coming off that, we had the a women's fatal four-way 
showcase match, which again, mm-hmm. the men's was terrible. The women's wasn't any better. I didn't think this was Rousey and Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan. And th- this is the kind of standard get everybody on the card match. I, meh. I, I just, so through, through two matches, I'm like, oh shit. Like we're in a lot of trouble. I hope yeah. the rest of the card is better because I was not happy after two matches. The third match of the night, I think is probably my favorite match. Certainly my favorite match of night two might be my favorite match of the entire event. Oh, wow. It's it's Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre in a triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship. These three guys, if like if you don't know Gunther, you might not. Gunther, Gunther, whatever the fuck they call him. These three guys beat the shit out of each other. I mean, like legit beat the hell out of each other. And it's three huge guys that you would not want to see in a bar fight. I mean, and (laughs) right. I I don't know. I, I, so, so a little side note. So, so Pip and I both play this, this WWE mobile game called WWE champions. And Gunther is like my, the, the guy that I use probably more than anybody else in that game. So I was rooting for Gunther, but, uh, I, I, just, I don't know. I just thought this match was great. I mean, there's not a ton of story here, uh, at least that I'm familiar with, but I, I thought it was outstanding. And it was so physical. It was, so I think, probably by far and away the most physical match of the entire card. It was, I, I thought it was great. It was very physical and it was a really, really entertaining match. And this is the one that started my downfall for the confidence pool, I think, because I picked, I knew Sheamus wasn't going to win. I had no. I had no confidence that they were going to put the belt on him, but I did think they were going to take it off Gunther because honestly, the guy is crushing it right now. He's doing so good. He lasted almost the entirety of the Royal rumble. He, you know, he's just, he's had some really epic matches over the past six to eight months. And I thought they were going to take it off of him so that they could maybe push him to a title run because I thought Cody was going to win as did everybody else. And then maybe this could be Cody's next foil. Right. Sure. And, and all that made perfect sense in my head. So I'm like, yep, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be drew because they don't want Gunther as the intercontinental champion to have to go after the world champion. And that wouldn't really make sense. They've done it before, but they could very cleanly move that off. So I'm like, Oh, Drew McIntyre, he, you know, that he's, he's had uh I don't remember if he's been the intercontinental champ, but obviously he has been the world champ. Yep. So yeah, you could put it on him. I think people would get behind that. No, no questions or concerns there. And they let Gunther keep it, which is interesting to me because it's like, all right, well, what are they doing? Where are they going with him at this point? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I yeah, was I trying know. to put on my, my, you know, my the booking hat, Yeah, my booking hat and my behind the scenes brain trying to figure out, all right, from a business perspective, what would they do? And I, swung and I missed and then things went downhill from there so that's a good segue before we before we finish the rest of this card here this was it this night I think it was this night the the huge news came out that the WWE had been sold right um yes. so you're talking so we're talking business so essentially they were sold to the ownership group that owns the UFC yeah um I wonder how much, if any, of WrestleMania was changed or affected because of that, whether it was WrestleMania or Raw the next night or what have you. Any any thoughts? Well, it depends. I mean, 
I'm far enough away. You know, I'm certainly a fan, but I won't pretend to know the inner workings of the business and how it does happen. I will say that in reading some online, there is a lot of speculation that the decision to keep the belt on Roman was largely influenced by this decision because with new owners, they may have been a little bit more gun shy to to anoint a new babyface champion because I think we all know there's not as much of a market for a babyface champion these days. Like the the whole the days of Hulk Hogan and John Cena are kind of behind us, and I, I think that Cody could be the champion. He could be a good champion, but I think it's a matter of minutes versus years that the crowd turns on him and they have to either turn him heel or get rid of the belt and or I should say get the belt off of him so I I think it's it's feasible it's hard for me to say whether I believe that to be true or not but if somebody you know if I talk to Triple H today and he's like yeah that's that's exactly why we did that it would make perfect sense yeah yeah I, I I um Again, I, I know we've talked on the podcast a couple times about Vince and kind of our thoughts about Vince. I, I think it's safe to assume that we agree that at this point in our lives, we view Vince as a bad thing for the WWE. Um, yeah, yeah. I think creatively I, speaking, know, he's he's yeah. not he's not what we want to be spearheading this initiative anymore. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, to to see that the WWE was sold, I'll be honest with you, scares me a little bit, but I fully understand that I am probably not, I'm not, not probably, I'm not the demo anymore that they're, that they're going after. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and furthermore, even though it is no longer, I, I don't think it's any longer a publicly traded company or it won't be if it's, you know, they're still in the business to make money. And if they think this is the best business decision, then it doesn't really matter what I think. Right. And so, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure where we go from here. My perception of the, the raw after WrestleMania was, it wasn't very gr- great. No, um, I think terrible. part of that, you know, I think part of that was because of how the, we ended the night here uh, with Cody, I guess here's what I will say. I am not as excited post WrestleMania as I I'm 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 how do I even say this? I'm less excited coming out of this WrestleMania than I've ever been coming out of a WrestleMania that I can that I can remember in in any sort of recent history. Yeah, well, especially if you compare it to last year, because if you remember last year, this is when Triple H started to take over. Like last year's WrestleMania was probably still Vince's in a lot of in a lot of respects, but like Triple H was calling the shots behind the scenes, and last year's WrestleMania was one of the greatest WrestleManias. I mean, it was was, outstanding. It was top to bottom. It was fucking epic, and I can't say that about this one overall. I mean, I like this one. I do think it had some really great highlights, but as an entire show from top to bottom, it doesn't, it, it it didn't hold the same sort of weight. And yeah. So I I think that there could be some concerns there, not that the product is going downhill or that they're going out of business, but it's like, okay, you know, Vince is back at this point. 
and the company's been sold. So we're all just kind of sitting here twiddling our thumbs a little bit, wondering what's going to happen next and yeah. what, yeah. So I, I don't know, like, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, but I understand yeah. why you feel that way. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to the card. Next up, we got Bianca Belair and Asuka. Did did you were you watching this with your daughters? I know your your daughters are big Bianca fans. <laughs> they we, do. They both love Bianca. Yeah. Uh, no, they were not. No. here for this one. I don't okay. remember what time at night it actually started, but I think that they were they were either in bed or they were over at the you know okay. the other house uh, swimming. So no, they didn't see this. But I thought the match was pretty good. I was really disappointed that I thought I again. I felt like they were going to take the belt off Bianca. And this was the perfect opportunity, especially because I think Rhea Ripley was the fan favorite to win against Charlotte. I think Bianca was the fan favorite to win against Asuka. And so I thought naturally they would go against the grain on that to say, well, we're not going to let the fan favorites for both the women's titles walk away with the belts. And they did. So, I mean, it was what it was. It was, it was an okay match. Didn't, didn't really blow my mind i mean it was long it was like 16 minutes so yeah it is what it is but yeah so so next up we get uh the second loss of the weekend for the miz now it was it was technically a loss to snoop dog but i think it's very fair to say it was supposed to be a loss to shane mcmahon who came out and promptly blew out his mcl or acl or something or it was it was, it was clearly was it I, okay? I think he blew, I think he he wrecked his crop. <laughs> I think he wrecked his quads the same way that Vince did that that infamous yeah. time that he ran in the ring and then the ripple right up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was not funny, but it, you know, we we I was sitting there with my brother and Grayson watching it, and we're going that, that that didn't seem right. And then like they literally never showed Shane again. I was like, oh, that that wasn't supposed to happen. Right. Um, I have I have to give huge props to Snoop for snap stepping in and essentially creating an impromptu match. And, <laughs> you know, with the exception of maybe 10 seconds, it didn't feel wrong. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. If it hadn't been for this. Yeah. For it, they had me going there. Like I thought maybe they were working it because Snoop went right into the whole rock stick and, yeah. and did the finishing move and all that. And, and that was, that was actually pretty well done. I do yeah. love Snoop. But that was tragically embarrassing. Like, it was just bad. I guess, first of all, like, I don't count Pat McAfee in this, but in in terms of, like, surprise returns, like, people who you weren't expecting to see, the best thing we got the whole fucking event was Shane McMahon, and he blew out his quads. He blew out his quads. That was so bad. I mean, I just feel bad that they didn't try to do a little bit more and what they did try to do just epically failed. It was, I, it was I, terrible. Yeah, it was it, the fact that The Rock was not at a Hollywood WrestleMania. It might be the Shocked. biggest. It might be the biggest miss ever. I mean, well, the, right? I mean, I mean, Hunter said that he wasn't going to be there, that he wasn't in shape, and that he wasn't going to do anything, but. This to me proves that he's not coming back. Like I don't see I, I him agree. back at all. Yeah. Like this was his one opportunity to sort of cement or put a bookend to his legacy because he could have yeah. come back and he could have even if even if Roman kept the title and he didn't really interfere. I mean, 
well, we'll get there when we get to the Roman match, but there was a lot of interference in that match. And I, I was just waiting. I'm like, the rock's going to yeah. come. He's going to come. And he never did. And I'm like, well, he's not going to come. Like he's not, he's not going to be there. There's no point no. to try to even work him in. This was the best open door opportunity for the rock to come in and just blow the crowd away. And he didn't even show up. Didn't even walk in the doors. Couldn't no. believe it. Yeah. So, so so next up we had um ed, so th this right this match right here was what determined john the john cena trophies mm. fate it was it was this match right here edge defeated the demon finn Bale, balor um in in what i thought was a kind of a meh hell in the cell match i mean it was an okay but it was yeah, it was not it was great boring yeah i mean it, it was know, not a good place in the card for that to be like yes. if that would have opened WrestleMania, that would have been killer. Can you imagine opening WrestleMania with a Hell in a Cell match? Like people would have been nuts. I think, especially following that fucking nightmare of a spot with Shane McMahon and Snoop Dogg and The Miz. Like I, the, I just think there was a there was a bad vibe in the crowd at that point, and they were probably just ready to get it over with. And and it just it was it was placed in a poor spot. I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly, especially since I think, you know, you're talking about uh, I'm, I'm going back through our um, the our text thread from not, that night. You said, what the fuck just happened with Shane? <laughs> but where where was it? I mean, it was something like 37 minutes between matches, like after the hell in the cell. Yeah. Before, right. you know, and I understand you got to take it down and put it up and this, that, and the other thing. I agree. If it were me, I would have started the show with that because at least then you can start, you know, you don't have to worry about bringing it down. Right. It's yeah. there. Right. Um, yeah. I, yeah. It was, yeah, it was not, not a great, I, I agree. Bet, bet would have been a better match at a different spot in the card. I, I hadn't thought about that, but I agree with you. I think they could have even afforded to swap that with that women's tag match that was the second one on the same yeah. night and because we know like the match before i mean in theory the match before the main event should be kind of a throwaway match you know like yeah. let everybody go take one more bathroom break get some popcorn maybe buy a nwo t-shirt and then come back for the main event and i just think they tried to i i don't know it didn't make sense i i I think it would have been fair to assume before the event even started that the edge match would be a better one than that women's WrestleMania showcase tag match. It's not like hindsight's the right the yeah, thing yeah. we need to consider here. And it's like, oh, well, we didn't know which one would be the matter match. And it just turned out that this is the way that nah, I mean, you know, the edge Finn Balor match is going to be a better match. Right, it's so gonna put, be, it, yeah. put it somewhere on the card where it belongs. And that's I just don't think that's where it belonged. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, and then finally, we got Roman Reigns holding on to the title with a whole bunch of fuckery over yeah. Cody Rhodes. And I, I in in retrospect, I don't really mind the outcome. I think what really bummed me out is that he didn't win fair. The fact that there was fuckery bummed me out. Yeah, that to me it just annoyed me because yeah, and I and I don't know why they why Cody didn't like jump on that in the his his promo the night after on Raw. Like that's the first thing you should say is that yeah, I mean sure you could beat me if it's three on one, like no shit or not three on one but two on one I guess 
technically with solo outside, right. but I think that actually the match was really good. It definitely did a great job of setting up the crowd into thinking that Cody was going to win, which we all, Oh did. yeah. Yeah. And I actually kind of loved the idea that Roman kept the belt only because it was a complete swerve. Sure. And yeah. I feel like I either said that to you or I said that to somebody. I'm like, yeah, but how, we all know Cody's going to win, but how great would it be if Triple H just went, fuck you guys, I'm going to keep the bell on Roman. Like that, the thing that I do like about that is that we were all, you know, over the course of the last year, everybody knew that this is what was going to be built up and this is what was going to happen. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And I love that it wasn't what I expected, especially in wrestling. And now I can honestly say, I have no fucking clue what they're going to do. I don't know who yeah. Roman's going to drop the belt to. I still think he's going to drop it to Cody. I still think that's what's going to happen, but I don't know when, I don't know how, I, you know, no idea how this is all going to work. So I, I think it's great. I can't, but now my, like my brain is just firing in all different directions. Like, are they really going to keep it on him until the next WrestleMania? They can't let him keep it for a year. Can they? That's way too fucking long. Everyone's going to get so bored and revolt. Like, I don't know. It maybe SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Ah, that'd be a lame place to change a world title like Roman Reigns. But like, if they don't do it at SummerSlam, I feel like it has to be at WrestleMania. At right? WrestleMania, I, yeah. I mean, at, at, at this point, so I've I've heard rumblings that Roman's going to take a break. He's going to take some time off. Right. So then the question becomes: Does he drop the title before that or after that? Do they find some way before, that he can yeah, take a, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I've also heard rumblings that they're actually going to break up. The, you know, there's, there's a, I think there's a draft coming that yeah. they're going to like break up the two titles and make uh, that doesn't seem right to me. That seems kind of silly. But again, I would understand why you would want to have, you know, hey, if you're going to have two shows, you should have two titles. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I agree with you. You know, the, I, I I did watch some of the the press conference after WrestleMania. And somebody asked Triple H why, you know, why Roman would win, retain the title. And, and he actually made a good point. He said, you know, Cody keeps talking about how he's going to end the story, finish the story. And he said in the WWE, the, the stories don't finish. Like it's, it's tomorrow night at uh, Monday Night Raw, the next chapter begins. And, and that was actually a pretty valid response, that's, I thought. That's like, a good answer. I like that. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, you know that that actually makes you know that that makes sense. So, and and I agree with you. The fact that everybody thought for a year that that's where we were going, we were going to, and we were going to watch the coronation of Cody Rhodes. The fact that they swerved us all, I was actually pretty powerful. And in, in the that night, it pissed me off, but but in the end, I agree. It it was really powerful. Yeah, and I kind of see where you're saying it. It sort of annoyed me at first, but then I'm like, oh, but that's great because he kind of just said, "Yeah, fuck you to everybody." He's like, "Nope, sorry, I know you guys think you you got it all pegged out, but you don't. You don't know what we're gonna do here." And you know whether it was because he planned to do that the whole time, or whether it was because of this the sale of the WWE, whatever it was. I just I loved it. I thought I thought the ultimate result was good, even if the ending was a, a disappointing finish. Yeah. Um, you know, I still like Cody. I think Cody's probably gonna be the next babyface champion, but you know, they did a good job of keeping us all guessing, and I think we're still here. 
All right. Well, hey, we um, I love these episodes where we just kind of bullshit. I do. It is I love fun. Them. Yeah, it is fun. But hey, I think you we give, do need to get back to. Some I was kind I was just gonna thing. say. Yeah. I was just I'm, gonna I'm say. Have you given any thought? Have you given any thought to what the next thing is? Well, so there's all kinds of stuff coming up in the coming months. One of them is an Indiana Jones sequel, which I think ah. is going to be potentially very polarizing. But maybe we do some kind of a let's see retrospective. But maybe we Ooh. do an, a, 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 an episode dedicated to Indiana Jones how we feel about the movies, how we feel about the saga, whether it's just before that movie comes out or just after that we can include that one and how we feel about it. Like I kind of like the idea of revisiting that because that's one thing from our childhood that we haven't touched hardly at all. We have not touched Indiana Jones. No, we have not. That I like that a lot. We could we could do like a like not not necessarily a deep dive on every right. every movie but maybe a deep dive into the at this point quadrilogy right it, at this a deep point, dive into the about, saga yeah a deep si- deep dive into the saga how about that yeah did you watch okay. the new trailer by chance i did it looks great it, 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 looks, it looks pretty good i have to say it's startling to see the new trailer so there was one that was just released yes. at the star wars convention it's the one yeah. that actually has sympathy for the devil played by the rolling yeah. stones yeah, yeah and that to me was very jarring like like to see Indiana Jones with sympathy for the devil playing like it, it's it's appropriate because it timestamps where we are, because I think at this point we have to be in the 70s with Indiana yeah. Jones, not in age, but in terms of decades. And right. so, you know, that's a song that's probably appropriate, but it was it, it just it really took me out like I'm I'm going to have to really go into that understanding that it's going to be as close to a modern take on Indiana Jones. Yes. Yeah. As, as you're ever going to get possibly imagine. So as you're ever gonna I, get, yeah. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. God, I hope it's more force awakens than last Jedi, but you know, we'll see what happens. Oh, speaking of real quick, they announced star Wars 10. Well, no, they didn't. They announce, did. No, it's not star Wars. 10. Well, I guess it depends on how you look at it. What they did is they announced a movie that will star Daisy Ridley that does okay. take place 15 years after the events of rise of Skywalker. So they, they okay. were very specific in not calling it star Wars 10 because as of now, Daisy Ridley is the only returning character attached to the project. Okay. There's no okay. Oscar Isaac. There is no John Boyega. So it's a technicality, but yeah, I don't think we can call it star Wars 10 just yet, but I think Star Wars 10 is coming. I do think that it will happen. I I just can't for the life of me believe they won't have enough money to throw at those three actors to say, look, oh, of course, we want to do of course one more will. trilogy. Disney has all the billions. They will have no problem yeah. being able to do that. So I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So I saw I saw that that release or that, you know, um, announcement and and i know we we went pretty hard on the paint on the prequel trilogy and more specifically the sequel i mean we went hard at the sequel trilogy and that being said i am really pumped to see ray as a jedi master 
I think that's going to be cool as hell. And again, I understand that we like, so if you go back and you listen, you know, for episodes 47, 48 and 49 of the podcast, we do like multiple three hour deep dives on each of those podcasts. And we kind of tore them apart, but I'm really excited to see Daisy Ridley back as a Jedi master. I don't, am I just, am I, am I just, am I be, just being a fanboy? No. Well, I don't think so. I, I, I don't know if I'm really excited, but I'm, I, I like it. I think it's good, but I also think it's good because by the way, we can still bring Mark Hamill back to be Luke Skywalker. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, we can. So yeah. from that perspective, I'm very excited because he can force ghost his way into that story. If, if they want him to, and I'm sure they will, I hope they will. I don't know, but I, I think that could be cool. I think the jury's out. I will say that I was not impressed or that interested in any of the other announcements, which was kind of disappointing. I don't yeah. know that there were, I mean, the Ahsoka show that's getting ready to come up, that looks kind of good. I, I could get behind that and get a little excited because they're, they're basically, it, it sounds like Dave Filoni is going to make an heir to the empire movie. It sounds like that's where yeah. it's going. Like they're not saying that officially, but Thrawn is coming. And I think the only way to reestablish star Wars as a dominant sci-fi adventure series is to get another bad guy that people give a shit about. Yeah. And it's, and it's not, uh, it's not Giancarlo Esposito and the Mandalorian. No. Like it's going to be Thrawn if anybody. So I think they're moving in the right direction with that, but we'll see what happens. But the other announcements are just like, I don't know. They didn't really do much for me. Like there was going to be, I think my problem is that they, they said, well, yeah, Kevin Feige is still involved and we'll do something at some point. And the, I, I don't remember who all the, the many different directors attached to many different projects, but they didn't announce any dates for any of the movies. They basically just said, yep, they're coming someday right. soon. And so they're kind of stringing us along a little bit, which is a little frustrating. I was, uh, I was excited to see the, the potential quote unquote star Wars 10. I was pumped about that. So, yeah. It could be good. I I yeah. mean, look, we need more Jedi in our lives for sure. One last final thing. Um, speaking of Mark Campbell. So I went last Saturday night to see Burt Kreischer, stand-up comedian. Do you know who Burt Kreischer is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he, he, he ended his North American tour in Cleveland last Saturday night. And during the show, Burt Kreischer showed a trailer of his new upcoming movie, The Machine, which if you're not familiar with the Burt Kreischer machine story, stop listening to this right now. Go Google it. Listen to it. It's hilarious. Mark Hamill plays Burt Kreischer's dad in The Machine, <laughs> wow. which I didn't realize until I saw that trailer live in the in the in the arena that night. So I thought that was pretty. I, I just wasn't. Maybe it was out there. I just wasn't aware of it. That's hilarious. That's yeah. really fun. So. All right, so there's a lot of stuff in the future coming up. Um, in theory, this episode is going to drop before the Lost Scream episode, but we've got two episodes coming to you uh, in, the, in the 406 feed here in relatively short order. Uh, this has been great. I'm looking forward to hearing, especially that other one, because I don't remember it at all, and I know you don't either. <laughs> so, 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 I'm, uh, so we got two brand new episodes coming to you. Um, that being said, I'm Chewy. That's Pip. This has been the 411 from 406. We'll talk to you soon, folks. Love you. See ya. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>